ten, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I am super excited. I have a great show today for you guys. I'm excited for a couple of reasons. The first reason is because my special guest today, my brother, pastor, worship leader, pastor of Antioch Church, Detroit, my brother, Jawan Glenn, is going to be coming on here shortly, and we're going to dialogue. We're going to have a great conversation. And so I want you guys to put on your seatbelt, strap in, it's because it's going to get real. And, and, and I'm super excited because I'm, I'm going to ask him the question that I asked you guys on social media two weeks ago. And that is, do Christians believe in deliverance anymore? Do Christians believe in deliverance anymore? One of the things that inspired this question is it seems like I, I, I see so many of us who profess to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it seems like many of us are just being weighed down by life, the cares of this life. We're being dominated by stress. We're being dominated by anxiety. We're being dominated by fear. And we're being dominated by the sin or the sins that so easily beset us. And what ends up happening, we end up looking just like the world. And so I'm asking, I'm going to ask Juwan here shortly. Do Christians still believe in deliverance? And then we're going to talk about temptation and and things of that nature. So listen, I'm excited about today's show. Just a couple of announcements. The Path of Revelation podcast. You know, I've been really just praying to the Lord, like, what's next for me? This has been a season where I feel like the Lord has begun to give me a little bit more clarity and, and, and things of that nature. And so I'm excited to announce that I'm going to begin to record the Path of Revelation podcast live. Um, It's not going to be, I don't foresee it being an every week thing, but I'm most definitely going to be broadcasting um, from Facebook Live, maybe even YouTube and Instagram live. So you'll be able to watch and listen to the Path of Revelation podcast as it's being recorded. And you can comment, you can share your thoughts as the show is being recorded. Uh, Most of you guys probably follow me on Facebook, so it's most definitely going to be aired on Facebook. And I'm looking to have uh, guests on my show more regularly. And so my brother Juwan Glenn, you know, he's going to be coming on. um, Get my brother J. Will Music, my brother Reed B. Versus, Doug Rogers. Um, my brother Desmond Ingram, my brother Adrian Alexander. I'm calling some of you guys out right now. This is probably the first time you're hearing hearing this. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna chop it up because listen, we need more Christian content, and my 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 heart is to see the church walking in victory. My heart is to see children of God walking in their purpose, in their God given identity. And also, I want to see people come to the Lord. Man, Jesus is still saving. 
Jesus is still on the throne. And so, listen, I'm super excited about that. Make sure you guys go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Check out some of the merch, music, music videos and all of that stuff. Um, Leave your prayer requests and all of that wonderful stuff. But listen, before I bring Jawan on, I want to play the featured song for this episode which is by my brother, Juwan Glenn. The song, No Longer Slaves. Listen, this song blessed me so much, and I'm going to share it with you so it can bless you. Make sure you guys stream and download this song after you hear this. After you hear it on this episode. And listen, let's hop into my brother, Juwan Glenn's No Longer Slaves.
So that was No Longer Slaves by my brother, Juwan Glenn. Listen, I want to welcome him to the show right now. What's up, Juwan? How you doing, my brother? How's everything? Um, man, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so thankful and so honored to be on this awesome podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. So listen, man, I, I'm super, super excited. You you like my brother, Um you're not someone that I talk to all the time, but you're I know, man, we got to We got to change that, man. We listen, y'all. We already been talking about doing some more stuff real soon, even after yeah. today's episode. And li- listen, I'm going to hold you to that, Juwan. Juwan. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it, man, because we got to st- we, we got to stick together. But listen, so for, for you guys who have no idea who Juwan is, man, he has been known as just a strong servant for the Lord, worship leader, um, Christian leader. And now, uh, pastor of Antioch Detroit Church here in Detroit, but he has always been a a guy that I've admired from a distance and even up close when I've had chances to just kick it and break bread with him. And so, man, I'm honored to have you on the show today, man. I'm 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 super excited. I know we go dive into some great topics and, and things of that nature, but before we hop into all of that, man, you know, let the people know about a little bit about yourself. What's some things that you, you want to share about yourself before we go hop in and, and get it in? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the things I, I think will be interesting is to kind of talk a little bit about a, a testimony in my life. Um, and I won't take too much time on that, but there was a moment in my life where um, I, the way I like to word it is I watched a few too many YouTube videos, kind of went on this downhill spiral grew up in the church. My parents were leaders in the church. My father was a pastor of a church called Judah Evangelistic Ministries. And, you know, watched the two, just a few too many YouTube videos, had some conversations with a few guys who were a lot smarter than me. And for a short period of time, I became like a skeptic, almost like an agnostic. And for those who don't know what an agnostic is, it's just kind of somebody who doesn't know whether God exists or not, doesn't really feel either way. And it just was a really strange time in my life, a very sad and depressing time. And um, by the grace of God, I was led to some very strong resources. Uh, One of those um, being in the realm of apologetics, which is kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier, Gabriel, and really kind of helped me to feel more fortified in my faith, to be able to actually defend what I believe. And like, you know, it was one thing, to believe in something is I think it's even um, a greater benefit to be able to defend what you believe in. Yeah. And that was something that God really uh, took me into. So I'm obvious. I have a heart and passion for apologetics. I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room. I know a few things, <clears throat> right? It's definitely benefited me. And I'm just very thankful that God has taken me on this path to fight for truth and do it in a way that's filled with grace and filled with love. But in a way that's 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 clear and not cloudy 
if that makes any sense. So yeah, it's right. just a little bit about me. Yeah. No, that that's awesome, man. And I, I kind of want to dive a little bit into that here in a second, um, mm-hmm. as far as the aspect of what caused you to almost, in a sense, leave the faith. Um, mm. you know, walk away from the faith because I, I feel like we're seeing that left and right, you know, yeah. especially in these times. Um, but I'm I'm curious because Antioch, Detroit, um, I was watching you from a distance and before the pandemic hit, you were pl- you were planning the church right before the pandemic hit, right? Am I am I is my time yes. frame off? Nope, nope. You are you are absolutely dead on. Uh, 2019, and um, the the pandemic uh, definitely caught many people by surprise, especially For pastors, sure. especially people <laughs> in the middle of a church plant. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm 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 all I'm I'm all there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like. I'm look. I'm like, man, he was like, I was watching from a distance and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And, you know, I was looking forward to, to come in and, and, and supporting and visiting. And then when mm-hmm. the pandemic hit, you know, I've talked about it on this show plenty of times. It like just caught everyone off guard, you know, and, and, and yeah. plans changed, life changed. And I feel like yeah. the world would never be the same again. You know, Mm -hmm. the world will never be the same again. I feel like, you know, there's so much going on and and so many things have changed. But at the end of the day, God is still in control and and his plans are perfect and and he's working all things together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. But I, I Mm -hmm. want I want to talk about before we hop into one of the main topics, this could be something that we, we didn't plan this, but Mm -hmm. I I think that we've seen a climate, uh, in a sense, an exodus of people walking away from the Christian faith. Yeah. And this has been something that I've been talking about even before the pandemic. Like this didn't just start happening in 2020. You know, Mm -hmm. we've seen a rise in 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 an exodus away from the Christian faith with many people um many people going into Hebrew Isra- Israelite theology Hebrew roots theology yep. um yep. I've even seen many people going in t- back to African religions of, of yeah. um different yeah. forms of witchcraft and things of that nature mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. are opposed to biblical christianity and it's all an an attack on biblical christianity in a sense where these people have spent years in the church they've grown up around church and and now they are bold in speaking against what they've grown up in or what they've experienced and why do you think we see that juan why do you think um do you think 2020 kind of um, magnified things and made things even worse or what What do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's an absolutely great question. So I think a few things happened with the pandemic. Um, number one, and I think you would agree with this, uh, Gabriel, that there were a lot of people who didn't feel like going to church anyways. 
And we're really kind of going to church out of guilt or out of meeting some kind of quota. And we talk to a lot of people like that, right? We talk to them and they go, oh, I went to church once this year. It's the same people who fill up the churches during Christmas and during the holiday seasons, like uh, Resurrection Sunday or Easter, whatever you call it. And um, what what, what the pandemic did in in the most interesting of ways gave people a legitimate reason not to go to church. Before they didn't really have that, but now wow. you can say, "Well, I want to come to church, but I can't because I don't, you know, I don't want to get sick." And, and hear me out when I say this, and I think you would agree with this too, Gabriel. I understand there are people who have um, um, compromised immune systems, right? And this is no right. judgment against any of those individuals who genuinely are like, "Hey." You know, you sneeze around me, and I'm going to see Jesus a lot sooner than what I planned, right? <laughs> but you know, you know, so we, those, for those people, there's grace, right? I mean, and 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 what's interesting, those people who really want to stay connected to community, connected among a, a you know a, a body of believers, we see them in very strong engagement online. And you notice it as a pastor, yeah. as a leader in the church, you'll notice they're not there physically, but their engagement online is strong. They're still talking to people. They're doing the best they can to connect with other believers. But what the pandemic did was, in a, in a very spectacular way, it gave people a legitimate reason to be lax about being around accountability. You know, lax about, you know, being around um other believers about, you know, getting up on Sunday and making that sacrifice to go to church. And even just, you know, so I can give a proper way of the way we should look at church. Church should not be a place where you, where church meets a list of criteria of things that are comfortable for you. So I go to this church because they have donuts, great kids program, great music, great this, great that. No, I, I, I would say one of the main proponents of why you go to a church um, that has a solid teaching there is to go and be a servant, right? right? To go and serve. And what happens is when people don't go to church, right? Um, uh, and, and don't connect themselves in community in some way, they miss out on being used by God to bless other people, right? Gabe? Cause I can say stuff all day about the gospel, about repentance, about, um, you know, uh, the wow. goodness of Christ and pointing it, but when it's heard from somebody else, it sometimes it, it, it hits in a different way. And when you're right. not there with people, when you're not connecting with community, you miss out on that opportunity to be used by God and let your gifts be used to benefit the body. Right. And right. let me just say one more thing onto that. Um, um, another thing with the uh, pan, you know, the uh, pandemic and how it, it's, um, affected the church is it only takes 15 days to build a habit. Right. Right. And, um, 15 days outside of meeting regularly with community, you can get really comfortable with not meeting with community. And you know, just as well as I do, even when you're watching stuff online, which we do stuff online. So I'm not against that. Our attention spans are just so much lower Yeah, because it's just, it's hard to stay engaged when you're not able to look somebody in their eyes and you're watching it through a screen, it's, it's not the best, it's not the ideal situation. So, um, and the enemy has, I would argue swooped in 
during this pandemic while people, because that's how sharks do, right? That's how like lions do. They get you away from the group. And when you're away from the group, these doctrines of devils, right? These um, Mm. urban cult groups. There's a great book by Eric Mason that I'm reading now that's talking a lot of that. And and Pastor um, Christopher Brooks, who's a the pastor of Woodside and Troy wrote a book about urban apologetics. But anyways, these doctrines of devils, these 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 teachings that are contrary to scripture, contrary to the character of Christ, are able to swoop in on people who have been isolated. And, by, and when I say have been isolated, they have purposely isolated themselves. Right. Even if I can't see you physically, I can still be connected and engaged in some way. So, and I could go deeper into that. I'm sure you have more thoughts on that, but that's a few other things that the pandemic, how it's affected the church, you know? Yeah. And, and there's an accountability that comes with actually meeting in per in person. Mm-hmm. L- like there, there's a, there's a automatic accountability that happens when, when you're meeting in per- person, as opposed to just watching at home or sitting in the mm-hmm. living room where, where wow. where you can get distracted easily and and not necessarily yeah. not feel bad about it in a sense almost like hey I'm mm-hmm. I'm at home I'm relaxing I'm safe and I love God but I'm at home you know it's kind of like whereas when you're at church there's a responsibility that comes with okay are, am I active in my church? Am I serving? Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times we approach church with the a lot of people approach church with the mindset of what can I get from church? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and, and so people um, look at church almost like, um, how should I say it? Like a restaurant in a sense. Oh, if they don't have everything that I want, I'm not going. And and a lot of times I like what you said. People miss an opportunity to serve. Uh, sometimes what what a church is missing, you may be the 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 needed ingredient to serve and add that to the body you know you know we we are the body of christ you know we are fingers we are hands we are feet we are nose and you know you know all of these things make up the body and a lot of times what end up what ends up happening is you may be you may be um going to a church looking for an arm and you go into a church and you don't see an arm and you start yeah. criticizing that church based off of not seeing an arm, not realizing mm-hmm. you're called to be the arm in that body of believers. And so we have to even take more of a servant's approach when we approach church, not just what can I get, but what can I give? And, 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 and I think really what a lot of this comes down to, I think, Juwan, is selfishness, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. self, self, you know, we are Mm -hmm. in, um, a time of, of what I believe to be strong delusion, Mm -hmm. um, selfishness where people are applauded for, um, being bold in their emotions even if mm. their emotions aren't yielding truth, mm. um, strong feeling. We we it's almost as if we applaud transparency, void of deliverance. We applaud mm. transparency, void of solutions. Because mm-hmm. what I found is 
we look for people to to be to identify with that really help validate our place of defeat Mm -hmm. instead of Mm -hmm. a place that holds us accountable in walking in victory and so that leads me to a question or really a post um, that I post on Facebook, I want to say about two weeks ago. And I made the post and I said, there's no such thing as a person who doesn't wrestle with temptation. But, mm-hmm. but being tempted and bound by sin are two different things. And here's the yeah. question that came after. Do Christians believe in deliverance anymore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, yeah. God's love isn't just despite our flaws, but his grace also empowers us to be overcomers. And, and, and the reason why I wanted to do a show on this, and I think you're the perfect person to have on, is because I, 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 I begin to get so many different responses. And and it was it was such a blessing to me. Um, my my brother, I had my sister um, Stephanie Starr, who who goes to the same church as myself. She said, uh-huh. she said, and you can respond to these as well. She said, "This is great, bro." She said, "Had this very conversation as of late, talking to God about a clear area of where I'm tempted in my life, and He asked me." How are you going to die today? Regarding my flesh, of course, he went on to explain to me that I don't look for ways to consciously do this regularly, like every single day. Yes, I fast and spend time in prayer, but since I'm aware of said temptation, I should also be consciously aware of its triggers and how I am to die to that to myself every day this post Uh is spot on Uh, i'm gonna read this last one Uh, my Uh facebook friend donnell ashley said that's powerful brother because i feel like we've accepted christians living defeated lives and Uh hanging on to eternal security we need to know that the power of the cross and the spirit within us delivers as well as secures man i like those responses what are what are some of your thoughts on this man this is huge because i man you're touching on something that i really haven't heard people talk about lately but there seems to be um i I won't use the word in the body of christ but i'll just say in the church Mm -hmm. there there seems to be this culture of 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 being a victim we see it a lot in a secular way of i'm a victim Uh-oh. i'm a victim you know now, this, now, now you about me. to now you about to step on some toes but go. i know i know and I, I promise i won't make it political but but it's just <laughs> one of those things where there's this thing that's happening right it's a culture now to glorify you know those victimhood to, to, yeah yeah to, yeah to glorify victimhood and really relish in the fact of our weaknesses mm. and i just don't think that's biblical it's not i don't, I don't think you, that's biblical and here's it, the thing and, and, and we would both agree yeah that transparency is very important right so i don't this is i don't want anybody to confuse what i'm saying here it's important that we're to be transparent it's right. important that as we are expressing truth 
and holiness that we don't do it in a self-righteous way. Nobody's arguing that, right? Right. Just so we can have some balance there. I don't want any, because it's, it's funny when you touch on this particular subject, instead of people rooting you on and going, yes, God is calling us to a higher standard. God is calling us to live holy. And Jesus did the same thing. Jesus says, you've been told if you have sex with somebody that's not your wife, you've committed adultery. I tell you, if you look at them with lust, he pushes it even higher, right? Right. Um, and and just, just pushing us into a place where we look more like Christ. We look more like kingdom people, right? Because we're not waiting to get to heaven to live holy. Oh, my God. Say that again, man. <laughs> we are not waiting as believers to get to heaven to live holy. Jesus. And and, and what's what's crazy is people have made this idea of, of, of their struggle, their identity now. Oh my and now they claimed it almost like a badge, right? Of like, 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 uh, like, like a badge of honor. Yeah, like God loves me. Yeah. He and, and, yeah. and it's almost like God <laughs> loves me regardless of my flaw. And listen, yes. there's there's truth to that. And that's very true. Yeah, it's very. But the tr- question is, is that the is that all there is to it, right? Right. And, and and there's this there's this there's this thing where people stop there. It's a perfect example. Matthew chapter seven. Don't people judge. go to Matthew chapter seven, they say you shouldn't judge, right? The Bible says you shouldn't judge. Yep. And I go, Have you read the whole chapter? <laughs> obviously they have it. Right. Like <laughs> right. If if you read the whole chapter, obviously as believers we're not called to be judgmental. But in that particular passage, right, it breaks down as believers how we are to judge situations, right? That we are to judge it unhypocritically, right? That I can't tell my brother he's got a splinter in his eye when I have a beam in my eye. But you keep reading down, and most people stop there, right? Judge not that you may not be judged, because whatever measure you judge, you'll be judged by the same measure, right? But if you keep reading down, it says, remove the beam from your eye so that you can do what? See clearly enough to remove the splinter from your brother's eyes. So the Bible's not telling us necessarily not to judge, but telling us how to judge righteously. Amen. And 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 the same thing happens in regards to um, people who struggle in sin. Yeah. We understand that God's grace is always present, right? Right. But we don't want to. Here's the thing. I'll say like this. I want to preach it. Or I want to speak it the way the Bible says it. And when Paul talks about sin, Paul doesn't say, hey, if you get a chance to stop stealing. You know what I mean? Like Ephesians right. chapter four, hey, if, if you can do the best you can. He just said, no, if you used to steal, steal no more. Right. If you used to lie and be dishonest, don't do it anymore. And again, biblically, when I look at the language, it's not as it's not as cute or right. as flowery as we word it now. And the reason why is because sin is a ugly and terrible and horrific thing. Yeah. And, and, and it's not something that we want to pamper. If, if I can, and forgive me if I'm over talking, but this is a really important thing to talk about. Yeah. We cannot no. be passive with sin because sin is what put Jesus on the cross. It's what broke his body into pieces. I was just just about to, I was just, I was just about to say, if you want to see how ugly sin is, look at the cross. And, and, And we, we paint the cross as this beautiful thing, Uh uh, almost 
in a sense as if it was beautiful visually. Of course, it's a beautiful thing because if not for the cross, our salvation, but visually there was nothing beautiful about the cross. There was nothing. I mean, Christ was humiliated even Uh before the cross flesh ripped from his bones and crucifixion was one of the most horrific deaths a person Uh could experience. And so when you want to know how serious God takes sin, look at the sacrifice of his son. And, and, And a lot of times what we don't realize is when we're see it's it's transparency can easily turn into validating and 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 we have to be careful as as we're when we're being number one everybody don't need to know your business very true people get on social media and they tell all of their business and really Mm -hmm. it's it's funny how when people are being transparent sometimes about their weaknesses or their 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 sin they it's, mm-hmm. sometimes they take that as an opportunity to take shots at the church and, oh don't go there bro <laughs> look if you go there we're gonna be here all night <laughs> and it's we're like here all night. Yeah, it's like it. not like okay you know god listen the love of god is amazing god loves us the Bible says, yet while we were in sin, Christ died for us. And yeah. so when we when eat, God loves us regardless of our sin, but mm-hmm. it is our sin that separates us from God's love. Yeah. Void of yeah. repentance. And so and so yeah. what 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 some people do is they say, man, you know, we so many times I see believers identifying with their their sin or their weaknesses, as you say. And yeah. what what is so alarming about this and concerning about this a lot of times, Juwan, is as as Christians, we're called to be victorious. See, yes, there's a reality that we all deal with stuff. Right. Um, and I think we have to make a distinction be, between being tempted and being bound by sin because see yeah. we're all tempted every day i'm tempted uh, right. uh, if if, right. a, if if a person tells you that they're not tempted get as far as away from them as possible <laughs> you know what i'm saying um but i begin to look at what is temptation uh-huh. and, and when i begin to look up and study the word temptation temptation is in layman's terms is really just is a is a solicitation to sin uh-huh. Yeah. You aren't tempted by anything your flesh doesn't find attractive. (laughs) Mm, Temptation is something that entices you, entices me. I I like how James uh, chapter one, verse 13 through 15 puts it. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Right. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself mm-hmm. tempts no one. Now, I know it's some people of theological belief that believes God ordains everything, including sin. And, and that's a mm-hmm. whole nother show. But the, right, the right. Bible says he's not tempted with evil. <laughs> yes. You know, he, he, he's not the author of confusion and stuff. But verse 14 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. 
Verse 15 goes on to say, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Uh, I'm going to read this last scripture and then you can hop in. First Corinthians lets Mm -hmm. us know in verse 10 through 12 through 13. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God Mm -hmm. is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. The reason why many people aren't enduring temptation, Juwan, is because they're busy glorifying it. Wow. I think that just hits the nail on the head right there. What you're talking about, what you said about how people, um, in a sense, it's like a badge of honor, man. It's like, yeah, with their transparency, it's like, yo, I'm human. We take, we take more pride in being human in our flaws than we do being children of God. Mm. Like we don't take that much pride in being a new creature, but we take pride in being, we'll tell like, Hey, I'm human. I'm flawed. Oh, I'm dealing with depression today. Oh, I'm just, man, I'm not fit. And, And listen, I understand we all listen here's here's something and, and i and i know when people hear this they'll try to push you to oh man you trying to say you better than the no that's not what i'm saying uh-huh. there's a difference between being tempted and being overtaken by temptation you know what mm-hmm. I, what i think about who's the perfect example that we can look at is jesus mhm <laughs> When we look in the Garden of Gethsemane, for example, Juwan, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is is praying and he's feeling the weight of what he's about to go through. Right. He's about Mm -hmm. to experience the cross. Right. And and he begins to pray and say, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, I don't feel like going through what I'm about to go through. I don't I don't feel like dying. I don't feel like being whipped and spit on and mocked. But nevertheless, not how I feel, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible lets us know that Jesus sweated blood. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And that is a medical condition called hematidrosis. Yes. It is when a person is under such intense pressure, anxiety, Mm -hmm. stress, and fear that they will literally begin to sweat blood. And you know what? I I really early on in my college days, I wrestled with this because I'm like, how can this be the case if Jesus is sinless? How can Mm -hmm. it? Because whatever's not a faith is sin, right? Right. But the Holy Spirit quickened me and gave me understanding. He says, just because fear was present, anxiety was present, doesn't just because Jesus felt those things doesn't mean that he gave in. Yeah. And we know he did not give in because he went to the cross. 
He completed yeah. the mission. And so the yeah. Lord began to deal with me. You don't you walk by faith, not by sight. You don't walk by your feelings because here's what happens. We begin to feel something and what we feel becomes our reality because mm -hmm. because we're instead of being led by the spirit, we're led by our emotions. Jesus wasn't led by his emotions. Right. <laughs> He came to do the will of the father. And so though he felt these things, though he was tempted as we were tempted in all manners and all, all different ways, yet he was without sin. He did not yeah. give in. And so what happens with a lot of times when depression shows up, when stress shows up, we'll feel we, we don't just feel these things, but we begin to take these things on as our identity. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it becomes who we are. Exactly. And, and, and there's some, and this may sound kind of weird, but there's some kind of like sick, twisted gratification in that. Right. It's like how the Pharisees used to fast in front of everybody. Oh my God. So everybody could see, you know, look how, woe is me. Right. I mean, look, I'm fasting, you know, and it's, and, 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 I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just... No, I, I that's really great. Like Go. That point you brought up. Yeah, it's... When it comes down to walking in deliverance and being set free from struggle, there is a cost to it. And Gabriel, I don't think a lot of people are willing to pay the cost that it is to walk in freedom, to walk in... It's going to cost something to be delivered, especially if it's something you've struggled with continually for years. I remember a guy, um, and I won't mention his name or anything like that, but there was a guy I knew back in Ann Arbor, and he he struggled with pornography, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I saw him pull his phone out, right? And he had a flip phone. Mm. And, you know, I joked about it. I said, dude, what you, is that a razor? Like some, he says, well, I use the flip phone from now on because if I go back to my Android or my iPhone, it's going to cause me to go to sites that I don't want to go to. Wow. And, 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 no, to, and to the layman person, they will go, well, that's a ridiculous, that seems like that's kind of over the top, right? Why would you do all of that just so you don't, and it's, well, this person was taking their freedom from pornography seriously. In Matthew 5, chapter 29 through 30, it says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, what do you do? You pluck it out. You gouge it out, right? Right. It's better to lose, you know, one eye um, and go to heaven to go, you know, to, to hell with both of your eyes. And it goes on, you know, if your right hand is causing you to stumble, right? Cut it off. It is better to go to heaven with one hand and go to hell with two. That's my little paraphrase there, right? But the idea, and of course, this is a metaphor. For anybody who's listening, God is not asking you to mutilate yourself, right? Right. But the idea here is if there is something that is causing you to go into sin and sin will ultimately lead to your lead to your death and your destruction and lead you into a place that brings distance between you and God. Mm. Do whatever it takes. Wow. And a lot of people, Gabriel, are not willing to do that. So there's an easier way. If I'm not willing to pay the cost, right? If I know I'm struggling with lust, and, and and like you had mentioned before, you brought a, a, up a good point, getting to the root of the matter so that we can take this sin, right, and throw it out into the street and kill it. 
like like murder sin. You know what I mean? Like uh, right to, to, to again no longer take a passive, lighthearted, melancholy approach to sin because we know how much it costs. Right? It costs the Son of Man. Right? It costs his life. Right? It, right? We understand the cost of it, but 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 taking this mentality of no, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So if I know my eyes are causing me to sin. I may not be able to do Facebook anymore. Mm. If I know I'm struggling with lust, right? Then maybe Instagram, I, I can't have an Instagram. And God is more concerned with our Christ-like character, right? Than our comfort. Yes. And, and, the different, and different things like that. And I just think it's just a, a different way and a different approach. And what's funny is when you preach about things like this, yeah. You would assume the response would be a hip hip hooray, right? Like, wow, thank you. You know, you know, right. thank you for empowering us. Let us know by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome sin. Because that's how the Bible preaches it, right? Yeah. The sun sets free, it's free indeed. There's no like caveat to that. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. If there is a stumbling block, remove that. The Bible, you know, let me not quote from the top of the dome let me just let me just go to what it says right um in in hebrews 12 and 1 i was just there it says, i'm there, yeah, there right now i got it i got it in the chamber but go ahead right no, i know you must have had it first <laughs> it says lay aside every weight that would so easily beset us right yes like, like whatever is a stumbling block in my life Thank i gotta you, remove it even if that stumbling block is a is a is is a thing that I really enjoy to do. I heard a pastor say one time that he no longer goes to the beach, and he just went on to the next subject. And I kept saying, "Why did he say that?" I never understood it. Later on, I realized he said, "I no longer go to the beach because it was something he struggled with, seeing ladies, you know, at the beach, and he felt mm. the Holy Spirit was telling him, "Hey, you know what? The beach ain't for you." It's right. going to be indoor pools from now on, right? And it's one of those things where, again, I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. It's everybody, right. Right, but it's one of those, because that's a way, not the way, but it's one of those things where I, I we as well, a church. It's, it's, a, it's, a, as, it's a part of working out your salvation with yes. fear and trembling. And, and, in others, right. in other on. words, a reverence to the Holy Spirit. I'm walking... Yes out my my purpose and and my God's um my salvation the salvation that has been secured through Christ I'm walking out and I'm being sensitive to the leading yeah. of the Holy Spirit and yeah all I'm hearing the overall tone and, and uh, um, message I'm getting and everything that you're saying right now Juwan is that mm-hmm. we got to be proactive and aggressive Absolutely. In pursuing yeah. God. See, yeah. we, we can't take this lackadaisical approach to God. It's like right. when we really want something, we go after what we want. We'll, mm-hmm. there, there, there's some of us, <laughs> and I, this ain't no financial show right now, mm-hmm. but some of us have gone into debt over stuff that we want. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, oh, I want the latest yeah. shoes or I want that car. I want that house. And we can't even afford it. Pe- what I've learned, Juwan, people will do what they want to do. They'll yeah. figure out a way to do something if they really want it. And I remember, yeah. I remember I got to a place in my walk 
where I was becoming complacent, not not necessarily complacent, but uh-huh. I had been seeking God about a particular uh, situation or understanding concerning him. And it was yeah. bothering me. And I was like, man, I, I begin to seek the Lord about it because I wasn't getting the answer um, uh-huh. as fast as I wanted it. Uh-huh. And I remember... I believe the Holy Spirit spoke in my spirit and said, I'm worth the pursuit. And it's something how the Lord can put drop something as simple as three words in your spirit. But it speaks volumes. And and Uh those three words speak a thousand words. You know what I got out of all of that, bro, is that Uh when he said I'm worth the pursuit, I begin to see all the things in my life that I really chased after when I mm-hmm. really wanted and and then yeah. I compared it to my my pursuit of him mm-hmm. and I'm like man am I really sacrificing because the thing about holiness when we view holiness a lot of times we view holiness from a legalistic binding standpoint no, right. it's, it's it's perceived in a very negative way. Right. Even though that's a direct quote from the scripture, right? A call for believers to be holy. Yep. Because God is holy. It is right there. And you could read that in front of an audience of people. And there's an immediate offense. Yes. To even uttering such a thing. You would think you would be applauded for that. But it's like, well, how dare you? How, right. Do you know how hard life is? Who are you to tell me to live above my struggle? Right. But people don't people don't understand that there's a beauty to holiness. Mm. The Bible says worship him in the beauty of holiness. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing like resting in the tangible presence of God. Mm -hmm. And that's something, you know, and and I know we, we get into apologetics and uh the intellectual side of scripture, but Mm -hmm. something I never want to lose Juwan as much, no matter how much I learn, I don't want to lose a sensitivity to the presence of God, the tangible presence of God. You know what I'm saying? Because you got some people who are so intellectually driven when it comes to the scriptures that it's like, man, do you even when the last time you do, do you, cry you cry when you worship? Like, when the last you, time you yeah, cried in the yeah, yeah you dude, know what I'm, I'm saying. You I'm get there. what I'm saying, yeah. and and it's it, people we go to different extremes sometimes, and and I be, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is the one who balances us, but a lot of yeah. people lack balance because they're not submitting to the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of times we and I and I just feel led to go this way. A lot of times we play into cliques. We play mm-hmm. we play into clicks. We 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 don't we 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 and so what happens is when we play into clicks, we begin to submit even our understanding of scripture to the presuppositions of the clicks that we're associated mm-hmm. with. And what ends up happening is um we begin to hinder um our growth in understanding of the Holy Ghost who is given to lead and guide us into all truth. 
but but yeah. it's it, but it's a it's barriers that we have up not that he has up but barriers and different things that we have up that keeps us from getting a clear understanding and so there are things that we are unwilling to sacrifice we're unwilling to sacrifice our reputation we're unwilling yeah. to sacrifice a meal we're unwilling yeah. to sacrifice social media and we're unwilling to sacrifice material things that we may obtain a greater spiritual encounter with the Lord. And so what happens is God is like, hey, I'm not going to just give you something without mm-hmm. you pursuing it. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I'm not going to, yeah. you know, we even see in the scriptures where the Lord spoke to his disciples in parables purposely to hide the deep things of God from those who weren't in pursuit. Yeah. And so we have to, he says in Matthew five and five, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. See, where is your appetite today? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But because what yeah. you because if you're hung if you want something enough you're gonna go after it and yeah. the things that you want you'll begin to justify and and defend and pursue and so we have to 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 have a greater hunger for the Lord because where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty if you yeah. have a if you're viewing holiness and righteousness as something that binds you. You've believed a lie. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I could touch on that, too, I, I like what you said there about intellectually knowing what's wrong. But but my motivation for not sinning is not just because I don't want to get in trouble. And it's the same thing as a husband. Right. The reason why I'm faithful to my wife is not just because I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Or, or because I don't want to get caught. I'm faithful to my wife because I love her. It sort of reminds me of Joseph and his issue with um, Potiphar's wife trying to convince uh, him to sleep with her. And his, his mindset wasn't mm. so much of, I don't want to get caught. It was like, I don't want to do such a thing and sin against God. And in Isaiah 59 and 2, uh, Isaiah talks about here that it's, he, he, he says, it's your iniquities. It is your sin that has separated you from God. And he has hidden his face mm. from you. And the reason why I want to walk in deliverance, the reason why I want to be set free, is not just because I'm afraid of going to hell. That's sure. That's one aspect of it. I don't want to be eternally separated from God, but I don't want God to hide his face from me. And I like what you said there. Um, I want to be in his presence. Isn't that what, David said in, in, in Psalms 51, right? He yep. says, don't cast me from your presence. Yes. That's... I don't want to be cast away. He says, don't take your spirit. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You can. There's a lot of things that God can remove from us. There's a lot of things in life that can be taken away from us. But if there's one thing I cannot live without, it is the presence of of God. And if sin, if sin is going to separate me from the presence of God, then sin has to go because God's presence I need has got to stay. Right. 
Yes. And, and I, I think there's some practical elements, too, of, of walking in that freedom. And I don't know if that's something we're going to touch on later. If so, then I'll hush. But I think there are some practical elements of helping people to kind of walk in deliverance, walk in freedom, right? That, yeah, that, that I, I would definitely, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I want you to hit on that. Um, but yeah. right before b- before you do that, I want to encourage everyone to all my listeners to read Romans six, Romans seven and Romans mm-hmm. eight, because I believe those three uh, chapters, Romans six, Romans seven, Romans eight are a perfect balance of what we're talking about right now, yeah. where like in Romans six. Um, I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to just read the first two verses, but you, the whole chapter, it it says in Romans six, verse one through two, it says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound by Mm -hmm. no means? How can we who died to sin still live in it? And then it goes on to how, you know, sin shall no longer have dominion over you as a believer. It, it, it goes into that. And then ver- uh, chapter seven, Paul begins to talk about the war in his flesh and how when he wants to do right, evil is present with him and how he ends up doing what he did not intend to do. Have you intended to do the right thing and ended up doing the wrong thing? We all have. He, he he begins to talk about the very real war within our members um, when it comes to sin and temptation. And and what why I like Romans seven is because Paul gets very transparent with 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 that war that goes on. But he ends yeah. chapter seven with. But I thank God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Right. That I don't have to be. I'm no longer bound by the law of sin and and no longer serve it, serve sin in my mind and in my members. And then he goes on in Romans eight and it starts off by. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the spirit and not according to the flesh. And then he begins to talk about living in the spirit. And so I would encourage you guys to read those three chapters. Listen, it's time for us to go from milk to meat. It's time to stop just reading one scripture here and 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 drawing conclusions on one script. It's time to start reading chapters. It's time. Listen, many of us will sit and listen to 20 different podcasts that aren't talking about nothing. That's talking about. Things that have no eternal value or or um, investment on your soul. But yep. when it comes to the Bible, we read two scriptures here and there or we we're going off of a, a, a sermon um, that we heard a week ago. Nah, yep. let's let's dig deep in the word. Like I'm encouraging some people. I've been encouraging some people, Juwan, because that's another yep. thing. We're in an age where everybody wants knowledge. Right. And it's almost a lust for knowledge because people are chasing after knowledge, but they have no desire for wisdom. And, 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 And there's a difference. There's a difference. So, you know, some people I'm like, man, you don't need to be reading 20 books a year. Some of y'all need to read just some of y'all need to read 
a max three books or two books. Some of y'all need to read the Bible. Like, let's read the wow. Bible. That would be that would be groundbreaking. And people just, yeah, wouldn't that be something? And we just like, man, I mean, here's, here's the thing. If anybody feels like they're being short on their book quota, the Bible is actually 66 different books, right? 40 different authors, three different languages, all the different genres and styles. I mean, you get it all in this book of books, you know? Ain't it? But what's some yeah. pra- what's some practical ways people can walk out, walk in deliverance? Like, what does deliverance actually look like, bro? Yeah, yeah. So just in, in the reason why I, I, I like talking about the practical things is because, um, I, you know, I would hate for somebody to listen to this and go, man, that was really good. Um, but not know of some ways to actually take steps into walking in their deliverance. Right. But, but before I go to that, I just, you said something so good uh, at what Paul says there in chapter seven, uh, that you wonderfully put Gabriel, if, if we're no longer bound by sin, if we're no longer living in sin, um, if sin no longer has a hold on us, then why would we glorify it? Mm. Or why would we take identity in something that we've been delivered from, or at least trying to be delivered from, right? Right. So I, I love the way you worded that, because if, if one thing is true, then the opposite of that thing would be true as well. But just getting to some practicals, um, I would say, number one, and, I mean, and by practicals, I mean, practically, what are some steps that can be taking, taken and walking in deliverance or moving in the direction of being fully set free. And I think the first thing would be get to the root of the issue, Mm. get to the root of it and pluck it out. Right. Pluck it out. And and, and it may mean getting to the root of the issue may mean you may have to live without certain um, creature comforts, right? You may have to live without certain things you enjoy, you know, if, but, but, but if, if it's, if, if it means destroying something, that's going to ultimately destroy you. It's worth the cost to remove that stumbling block, but we have to get to the root, whatever the thing that is triggering that thing, right? Like, like, again, if I, if I, if I struggle, um, um, with, with, uh, again, and I, I, the reason why I, I use lust is because it's just something that people are very familiar with. And it's just really uh, able to be identified with. But right. if I know I struggle with lust, <clears throat> and I, but I also love to watch movies, right? I love to watch action movies. And I keep noticing a trend in these action movies where they keep forcing in these sex scenes, right? For no reason at all, right? The right. world is coming to an end and Hollywood decides, well, we can't end this movie without putting some sex scene. And it's a reoccurring thing. I may have to, even though I enjoy movies, if I know these movies are triggering me to think in a sinful manner or act in a sinful manner, I'm going to have to remove this from my life right. and get to the root of it okay so that's one thing and i'm sure we could expound on that at a later time or if you want to talk more through that yeah but get to the root of it um and 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 the second thing would be accountability mm. which you mentioned wonderfully before because of the pandemic and here's let's let's be honest before the pandemic even happened our cell phones were already separating us from each other 
Wow. You know what's been happening at Thanksgiving, right? Now they have to put a basket out at the table and tell everybody to put their cell phones in the basket because we can't even look at each other in the face. Oh and the gosh. pandemic took that and added steroids to it. Goodness you know, gracious. I, I mean, and I work at the post office, so I see packages and the packages are insane. Why? I don't even have to leave my house anymore. I can get the groceries brought right to me. And I know there's somebody and I'm a millennial. I know there's somebody listening to this and I, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm 30, right? <laughs> 31, 31. Who's listening to this and goes, Juwan sounds like an old fart. You know, it is, it's, it's like, no, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sound out of touch. You know, I'm hip. I'm cool. You know, I'm, I'm with the groove. I'm with the jive. You know what I mean? But it's just like, um, it's, it's just we've, before the pandemic happened, we were already moving into a way where we're isolating ourselves, right? in every way, shape, and form. We can't even sit at the dinner table without touching our phones. We're already there. The pandemic only enhanced that, right? Right. And, and, and the reason why I bring up that is because it's important that we have accountability. And I can't be held accountable if I'm not around anybody to be held accountable. So the Bible good, said man. there's safety and a multitude of counselors, right? Come on, man. That's awesome. And, and if I, you know, and if I'm isolating myself, if I'm staying isolated, it's only a matter of time, Gabriel, before I'm under attack. And and and, the, and, and you know, even the Bible says is two is better than one. Because if one of you fall in a ditch, right, at least the other person can try to pull you out. But woe to the person who falls in a ditch by themselves. Yeah, you know, they're trying to get themselves out. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, James five talks about that. L confess mm -hmm. your faults one to another that yeah. you may get prayer and, and be healed and, 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 and we need each other. And absolutely. And, and you know what, when I, when I think of deliverance, deliverance is just walking out the reality that you're free. See, mm. see there's justification and there's sanctification. Mm -hmm. The reality is we are free. Yeah. But sometimes we still have remnants of the world. And, yes. and, and and as that's why the Bible says our minds are to be renewed daily. Yeah. When we look at Romans uh, 12 and one, when it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's happening with a lot of us, we're actually conforming to the world because we're mm -hmm. our appetite and our diet is worldly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We so so yeah. when we talk about depression, we sound like the world. When we talk yeah. about uh, politics, we sound like the world. When we talk about race issues, we sound like the world because that is what we're consuming and our yeah. minds are being conformed, but deliverance is walking out the reality of your freedom. Because you're not a slave to sin in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are made new. Um, but but what's, what's happening a lot of times is we, we don't understand the reality of who we are. And so we, we, we continue in our old ways. It's kind of like the person who got out of prison, right? They're used to sleeping on that hard bed in prison. Mm -hmm. And when they get released, they're free. They're a yeah. free man. But soon as they come 
to their their new living place and they have a plush mattress, uh, a comfortable mattress, they persist to sleep on the floor mm. because the mm. floor reminds them um, they've they've gotten so used to sleeping on that hard bed. They sleep on the floor because that the floor reminds them of the bed that they got comfortable to comfortable with even though that bed is no longer their reality and so after a while I had a friend who was in prison who did a bid in prison sleeping on the floor he's like man I had to get back used to a mattress he had to and and that's how many of us are We, we we the reality is we're free in Christ but we're still holding on to Egypt Mm-hmm. We're, we're, yeah. We've crossed the Red Sea and mm-hmm. we've seen the power of God and we followed the prophet or we followed the Lord. You know, Moses mm-hmm. is a type of Christ. He represents Christ right. in the metaphor and the analogy I'm giving. And so we followed right. Christ, but they're still we're still looking back at Egypt and saying, hey, this was more comfortable even though yeah. we don't realize what we were used to isn't actually more comfortable. We just yeah. settled. And so and so there's another component to deliverance that I don't think we talk about enough as well, uh, Juwan, and mm-hmm. that is our response to when we actually sin. The reality mm-hmm. is when you're striving to walk in deliverance, there's times where you may fall. You may fall right. short. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, I when I was in uh, college, I was busy doing ministry at my church and college, but I I was wrestling with lust. I wasn't telling anybody. There was a short period of time I dealt with pornography and all of that stuff. I talk about it in some of my music and everything. But Uh one of the things that was was hindering me walking in deliverance was I was condemning myself. And what, wow. and, and what happens with a lot of us and what hinders us from deliverance, we end up condemning ourselves when mm-hmm. we fall short. And, and really, condemnation, self-condemnation is actually a form of self-righteousness. Mm. Whoa. Because wow. our lives are not our own. We yeah. were bought with a price. We belong to the Lord. We don't even belong to ourselves. Right. We've been justified. Yeah. And so who are we? We don't even have a right to condemn ourselves. Right. But we do it. And you know what? Right. One scripture that really helped me, Juwan, and, 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 and it helps me to this day. And it, and, and it has really actually the Lord has used the scripture to really liberate me in the spirit where I don't deal with certain things I used to deal with, you know. It, um, it's found in first John chapter three, verse 20. Okay. And it says, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. And so it's so encouraging when, because that, that's what we do. Sometimes, sometimes we could be our worst enemy. I would even go as far to say our worst enemy isn't the devil. It's ourselves. That's an absolute 100 percent fact. That's exactly what we've been preaching at church. (laughs) It's so come on, bro. And again, it's it's not to to negate 
that the that the enemy Listen, doesn't exist. Yeah, the, we have a spiritual battle we're facing, but let's be real. Yeah, let's let's be real. My biggest enemy is me. Is myself. Yeah. If there's anybody I don't want to trust, it would be me. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Yeah. And so yeah. your heart will actually condemn you. Your heart, um, you know, the world tells us to follow our hearts. The Bible doesn't tell us to follow our heart. The Bible says, yeah. trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And we yeah. don't view that. A lot of times we don't view that as, hey, your heart can't be trusted. That's why it's telling you to trust yeah. in the Lord with all of your heart, not part of your heart, not half of it, not 75 percent. All of your heart. Trust in him with all of your heart. Lean. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Yeah. And so, so this is, this is, this is deliverance, man. This is, I believe that this, you know, just this conversation, man, is, is, has been a blessing to many of you. And, um, I would encourage some of you go back and listen to it again, share it with somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. Joanne, we got to do this again, man. And, and listen, can Go I ahead. touch on one more thing? Yes, I just please. Want to say one thing, and, I, and yes. I, I think you'll like this. I think you'll go, like this. Go for it. That's the last thing I'll say, and really this has been, the time has kind of flown by real quickly. I would want to encourage people to repent, and by repent specifically in the area of judging um, or being judgmental, excuse me, against leaders, pastors, teachers oh my who gosh. have taught on holiness and have taught on sanctification. And instead of you applauding and saying, praise God that somebody is willing to take these arrows, right? To preach on a, it shouldn't be a hot button topic, but apparently it is to talk about living holy and righteous. You know, I guess you're not allowed to talk about that anymore. It's politically incorrect or whatever the case may be, but I would encourage people to repent for scoffing at, leaders who have talked about this issue and it's not that we can't talk about other things like um um prosperity and again i don't mean like the prosperity gospel but but living a prosperous life in christ by the spirit or talk about love or forgiveness or all these other topics but but when people have talked about it and people have written you know written mean things to them on facebook or instagram or have turned up their nose at people for talking about or calling believers to a higher standard, right? And yeah. calling them as Paul does, you can read it as, as Paul does to live in a way that reflects, um, you know, what it means to be an ambassador of Christ, right? That, that reflects the true embodiment of living out the gospel. I would just encourage people to repent and not to be quick to tear these individuals down whenever they talk on these subjects and to really take an inward evaluation of yourself that when you hear people talk about holiness and they're not doing it in a self-righteous way or in a legalistic way that you have to ask yourself why am i upset at this why does because i know that i know why the flesh is angry at it right that's pretty clear right because the flesh don't want to walk upright but i would just encourage people to repent if they have scoffed at leaders um or, or or have talked in a negative way about people who have um boldly spoke uh, spoken on the subject of holiness and, and walking out a life that's sanctified and, and um and uh, righteous um i just i just want to say that because i feel like 
when you talk about stuff like this, uh, Gabriel, there's this uh, knee-jerk reaction that people have, and they go, "Ugh, I don't, I don't like that. That doesn't sound loving." And kind of going past what something sounds like, and ask yourself, if it's from the Word of God and it's from the heart of God, you know it's from a place of love, right? Yeah. And it's for our benefit. It's for us to look more like Christ, to draw us closer to God, right? And I just wanted to say that. That's the last thing I'll say, but no, I think it's important no, that I people think, repent of that. Yeah. No, I appreciate you saying that because I think that, you know, that kind of goes back to one of the things I said earlier that we have to be spirit led, not feelings mm-hmm. led, not led by our emotions and our Absolutely. feelings. Yep. And and a lot of times the reality is some of us get offended because we don't really know enough of the word. We mm. we we know church in terms of going into a building and going through the routines, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we haven't really dug deep in our personal walks. And, mm-hmm. and, and so when we actually hear the word of God being expounded on outside of the typical messages that are really geared to get you excited about getting things and getting your dreams and your ambitions, wow. we, we begin to respond hostily to yes. messages that challenge us to deny ourselves to follow yeah. Christ. Because yeah. maybe some of maybe some of maybe it's because some of the sermons we've heard has really um, made us view God as a genie instead yeah. of yeah. as Lord of our lives. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you guys. Repentance is a good thing. You know, even how we view repentance. Repentance has become like a bad word. <laughs> You know, you know but, right, but 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 at the heart of the gospel is repentance. The good oh. news is received through repentance. It's a turning away from sin. It's a turning away from wickedness to embrace true freedom that is only found in Christ. So I want to encourage you guys. Listen, make sure you guys follow Juwan on social media. How can they follow you, bro? Oh man, follow me as I follow Christ. No. <laughs> no, I mean I'm honestly I only thing I I post um on on Facebook or Instagram I um I post stuff of my family, man. I, I love my wife um very much and I have a son Micah and I actually have a daughter on the way in July. But Congrats, um, man. Beautiful thank family. You, man. Thank you. But but every now and then our church we 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 post things. It's called Antioch Detroit and we're kind of meeting indoors now because of the restrictions. But we post stuff on our Facebook and every now and then I I have a few funny Christian memes I put on my Facebook. <laughs> so but yeah you could follow me there. Um but if not I, I just hope that what was said or, or or what I shared from my heart will be something that really would draw you closer to God and, and really draw you into a deeper place um, of, of being in this presence, um, even if it hurts, you know what I mean? You know, and just say, ouch, and keep going and getting closer to him. But Amen. yeah, man. Oh, you know, I got some music coming out this year. I will say yes, that. Sir. So stay tuned for that. That's the last thing. That's the last thing. Yes. No, check out his music. Make sure you stream and download his his uh, single right now that we played earlier. I'm listen. Uh, thank you for coming on, man. We, we're going to do this soon. Listen, for all of you who are listening, 
Um, I'm going to start doing live video recordings uh, on social media of the show. Um, I'll post the show like I always do on Wednesday. Uh, so for you guys who like to listen on iTunes and stuff, but I want to start doing uh, more video recordings um, and, and having more guests on like my brother Juwan and like Pastor D.S. Jackson. Like, you know, we need more godly content, you know, especially in these times. So listen, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests. Check out the merch. Check out the music and all of that good stuff. But listen, thank you for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast. And this is where the culture meets scripture. Scripture.